Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the OrthoBullets podcast. In today's episode, we covered the topic of meniscal cysts found under the knee and sports section at orthobullets.com. Let's begin with a quick summary. Meniscal cysts are a condition characterized by a local collection of synovial fluid within or adjacent to the meniscus, most commonly as a result of a meniscal tear. Diagnosis is confirmed with MRI studies of the knee. Treatment is generally non-operative with physical therapy and NSAIDs, Surgical decompression with partial meniscectomy versus meniscus repair may be indicated for persistently symptomatic patients who fail conservative management. Now let's get into the episode. In terms of the epidemiology, remember that there are no studies of the general population to indicate the incidence, but it is found in 1-4% to of MRI studies of the knee. Demographically, this is most commonly associated with the meniscal tear, and there is no trend with increased age. In terms of the anatomic location, Perimeniscal cysts are small lesions of fluid within the meniscus. Medial cysts are slightly more common than lateral with a 2 to 1 ratio, although the literature data is conflicting. Medial cysts typically appear in the posterior horn, and lateral cysts typically appear in the anterior horn or mid portion. A perimeniscal cyst, such as a Baker cyst, is extruded fluid outside of the meniscus, which occurs most commonly, and is usually located between the semimembranosus and the medial head of the gastrocnemius. In terms of the pathophysiology, the mechanism of injury typically involves a meniscus tear which functions as a one-way valve. Then synovial fluid extrudes and concentrates to form a gel-like material. In terms of the pathoanatomy, a horizontal and complex tear is usually converted into a perimeniscal cyst, whereas a radial or vertical tear will usually present as a perimeniscal cyst. Conditions that are associated include articular cartilage injury and an anterior cruciate ligament tear. Now let's review some anatomy. For the meniscus, it is composed of fibroelastic cartilage, which is an interlacing network of collagen, proteoglycan, glycoproteins, and cellular elements, and it is composed of 65 to 75% of water. And in terms of the collagen, remember that it is 90% of type 1 collagen. In terms of the shape, the medial meniscus is a stretched out C shape with triangular cross-section structure. The lateral meniscus is more circular in shape and it covers a larger area of articular surface. In terms of the blood supply, the medial inferior genicular artery supplies the peripheral 20 to 30% of the medial meniscus. The lateral inferior genicular artery supplies the peripheral 10 to 25% of the lateral meniscus. The synovial fluid then allows the remaining central 75% of the menisci to receive nutrition through diffusion. Moving on to the presentation, some patients may present with the recent history of trauma. And in terms of symptoms, many may be asymptomatic, but common symptoms include pain, which is localized to the medial or lateral joint line or the back of the knee, mechanical symptoms such as locking and clicking, delayed or intermittent knee swelling, and weakness or claudication, which is often seen in the case of neurovascular impingement. On exam, inspection may reveal popliteal mass, which is best visualized with the knee in extension, palpation may reveal joint line tenderness and a palpable mass, and motion exam may demonstrate crepitus. In terms of imaging, radiographs should be normal in young patients with an acute meniscal injury or cyst. MRI is indicated as the most sensitive diagnostic test for meniscal cyst and meniscal tear. In terms of the findings, a cyst may demonstrate bright T2 signal. Remember that necrotic tissue, a nerve sheath tissue, and pus can all resemble cysts on T2-weighted MRIs, so IV contrast enhancement may be needed. Now let's discuss treatment. Non-operative options include rest, NSAIDs, 
and rehabilitation. This is indicated as first line of treatment for small perimeniscal cysts and parameniscal cysts. In terms of the outcomes, this may be effective in populations with degenerative tears. Another option is aspiration and steroid injection. This is indicated for isolated Baker cysts in young patients. In terms of the technique, one should perform a cyst drainage and an ultrasound-guided injection into the cysts. In terms of the outcomes, there are poor outcomes in older degenerative meniscal tears with associated cysts. Operative options include arthroscopic debridement, cyst decompression, and meniscal resection. This is indicated for perimeniscal cysts with an associated tear that is not amenable to repair, such as a complex, degenerative, and radial tear pattern. In terms of the technique, one should decompress the cyst completely and perform a partial meniscectomy. In terms of the outcomes, incomplete meniscal resection may lead to recurrence. Another option is cyst excision using a posterior approach. This is indicated for symptomatic parameniscal cysts. In terms of the outcomes, remember that an incomplete resection may lead to a recurrence. Now let's briefly discuss the technique for cyst excision using an open posterior approach in more detail. The patient should be prone, one should perform a curved incision over the popliteal fossa, and then one should develop the interval between the medial head of the gastrocnemius and the semimembranosus, and finally, one should perform sharp dissection of the cyst margins to the joint capsule. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to meniscal cysts, let's walk through a question to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For this question, consider the following clinical scenario. Which of the following types of intraarticular pathology is associated with lateral meniscal cysts? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Discoid meniscus Choice 2. Posterior lateral corner injury Choice 3. Vertical meniscal tears Choice 4. Middle third lateral meniscal tears Or Choice 5. Popliteus tendon tears The best answer to this question is Choice 4. Middle third lateral meniscal tears. Lateral meniscal cysts often arise from myxoid degeneration that progresses from the meniscal center and then outside of the meniscus. Horizontal cleavage tears are commonly associated with the condition. Cysts of the lateral meniscus are most commonly the consequence of a tear located in the middle third. If the tear communicates with the joint, arthroscopic partial meniscectomy and cyst decompression are indicated. If the tear does not open into the joint, arthroscopy should be followed by an open cystectomy. That's all for this review about meniscal cysts. We hope that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session from OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on orthobullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the OrthoBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the OrthoBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the OrthoBullets podcast.